want to learn about variable rates. You want to know if it's a good idea to lock in. You want to know if it's a good idea to ride the wave. Or maybe you just don't understand how it works. You've come to quite literally the number one episode or podcast you'll probably ever find, although we've done some great ones in the past, about your mortgage, your variable rate, what the heck it is, and when you might want to lock in or not. So guys, this is going to be an awesome episode. If you have a variable rate, if you don't understand how it works, if you want to understand what it's all about and what are the economic indicators that you need to be thinking about, definitely there's some key things that you are not thinking about right now. So stay tuned. Oh, and at the end of the episode today, we got into a survey of the top three questions with a couple bonus that you need to be asking yourself if you're thinking about locking into your fixed rate from your variable rate mortgage. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Alex McFadden. I'm the host here of the YVR Remo Show, Vancouver's premier mortgage and finance real estate investing related podcast. And I'm pumped to have you along for the ride today. I've got my two business partners, Dean and Derek, uh, which are my two partners here at Thrive Mortgage Co. We're a company focused on empowering people to create wealth through the power of real estate. And what we do is help clients acquire mortgage financing and get them better terms with better advice than you can get anywhere else. By the way, if you're enjoying our podcast so far, we're gonna ask you for one thing for the ticket for entry, which is leave us a review on iTunes. If you're loving the show, we've got that one simple price. We don't ask for anything else. So drop on, uh, click the link in our bio, go to your iTunes if you can, and leave us that five-star review. That means the world to us, and it's the one thing that you can help us do. Of course, one thing, if you want to go a step further, is to make sure to share the episodes up on uh, your Instagram account. Tag us at Thrive Mortgage Co. and at the YBR Remo Show. We'd love to see our listeners. We'd love to get a chance to know you. And we always love to hear feedback about the show and what you want to hear on future episodes. By the way, if you leave us that five-star review, send us a message, send us a screenshot so we know so we can send you a delicious uh, bag of coffee by our good friends over at Republica in Langley, as well as a uh, amazing Thrive mug that you do not want to miss. It is fantastic. Anyhow, I hope you guys are ready for this episode because uh, this episode because you're gonna be drinking out of a fire hose. Stay tuned. Let us know what you think, and we'll see you on the other side. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. We're going to try to encapsulate literally thousands and thousands and thousands of conversations that we've had over the better part of the last year to two years about risk, mortgages, variable rates and if you should lock in so thank you guys for joining us today this should be an interesting conversation and we're probably going to have to end up breaking this podcast into a couple parts but the reason that we jumped in here is because well there's been a lot of uncertainty in the mortgage world and i, I honestly there there always is but certainly we went through unprecedented times through covid with some really interesting interest rates uh the bank of canada stepping in to keep things quite low and we've really come out the other side and we're starting to see a more normalized environment and world. And anytime there's any level of uncertainty in mortgages or mortgage rates, uh, people get nervous, rightfully so. It impacts your budget, impacts your bottom line. And so we get a flood of questions. Now, full disclosure, as we wanna to respond to everybody as much as we can, but boy, 
uh, it, it can be a challenge. So if you're listening to this today, I hope that you stay from start to finish and enjoy while we cover everything from the basics of what the heck is a variable and prime to some market outlooks and conditions to questions around should you lock in and more or less a, a survey of questions that you need to start asking yourself. So stay tuned for the next 20, 30 minutes here while we uh, take you for the ride. You know, we've had a lot of, I guess, knee-jerk reactions in the market just due to the news that's come out in the last uh, 10 days here about changes in prime. And this will happen for, you know, for the life of mortgages, for anyone that takes a variable rate mortgage. You, you kind of, I, I always believe like the, the true variable rate borrower kind of goes into it knowing that these fluctuations will happen, this speculation will happen in the market and riding it out is always the ones that win i mean if we go back to 1982 stats show that the client that took the variable compared to the fixed has been far ahead in interest savings because they just rode it out they went through the highs they went through the lows and and the highs are really something that we're going to touch on today like just looking at the real numbers it's you know it, it is quite comfortable to weather some of these situations and some of the strategies around static payments which again we'll get into can actually help make this, you know, ride out phase actually quite seamless. Yeah, and I mean the the main reason that people typically panic and want to lock in is because they want to try to secure the lowest rate. And when you unpack that, people want to secure the lowest rate because they want to pay the lowest cost on their mortgage, right? But again, we've talked about this hundreds of times probably on this podcast. Um, there's more cost to a mortgage than just your interest. So you really have to think about your plans with this property, timelines. Is there a possibility that you trigger a fixed rate penalty that's twenty or $30,000? And is that going to outweigh the potential interest savings? So, you know, I don't think that there's any perfect answer uh, when someone asks us a question if they could convert. But um, we got a, a pretty good pretty good system to run through some questions to give you an idea of, of what you should do uh, going forward. Yeah, and I think where we should really start off is is for those listening, um, and I don't know if it surprises me per se, because it's not always public information, we should probably preface by just explaining, you know, what is a variable rate, what is prime, uh, who who is the Bank of Canada on a general level, and when would these changes potentially uh, take effect uh, for you know for them and, and how does it impact you because for some people it might not impact you obviously so I mean we'll start off with the easy stuff generally speaking what is a variable rate mortgage uh, variable rate mortgages uh, are an interest rate which is based on something called uh, prime which is essentially like a benchmark so there's a benchmark rate that your mortgage rate is based on uh, this interest rate can affect what you pay in interest on your mortgage because it can go up or down based on something called, uh, well, the Bank of Canada's overnight rate. So to kind of put that in context, a variable rate mortgage is one that can go up or down or stay the same based on a variety of market conditions. You generally don't get a locked in rate, you get a locked in discount or surplus above prime. Now for a lot of people that invokes fear, we're gonna explain why you shouldn't invoke fear. Um, and of course explain to you if you are a variable rate mortgage, when you should think about staying that way and what that looks like. So that's kind of an overview about variable rates. Anything else you'd add to that folks? No, that's a good point. And I mean, touching on you know discounts and, and the next piece, which is constantly referenced when you're in a fluctuating loan or mortgage is prime rate. So prime rate is essentially an interest rate that banks, credit unions, lenders use uh, to determine actual interest rates that borrowers pay. So currently prime is sitting at 2.45%. You know, if you're in a variable at 1.45, that means you're sitting at prime minus one. 
Now, if the Bank of Canada decides to make a rate adjustment and rates increase, you are going to stay at prime minus one. So this is, again, this is not just variable. This is also line of credit products, home equity line of credit, personal line of credit. There are business loans and personal loans that fluctuate with prime as well. So prime is essentially just a, a median interest rate to help determine actual interest rates that borrowers will pay. Well explained. Well explained. Well explained. Um, Dean, do you want to hop in and talk for a quick second about just the prime uh, history or BOC or just an overview of that? Yeah, the history has been, it's, it's pretty interesting because you look back to 2010, so we're talking 11 years here. There's never been an increase by more than quarter percent, 0.25%, which to me is really interesting. The only time it's been higher than that is when it actually went down just last year during the emergency rate cuts. It went down half a percent three times in, in the one month there because of 2020 and everything that was going on during 2020 at that time. So to me, it's really interesting that we've never seen it go up by more than a quarter point in that last 11 years. And just to kind of understand like, okay, if, if my rate changed by a quarter point, what does that really mean? Well, we, you know, the average mortgage size that we see is around 500,000. And the difference in a quarter point is $61 a month, if that was to occur. And I would, I would argue that a lot of people can weather a $61 increase. You know, some people that could be very tight. But there are strategies in regards to like the static payment, which we've talked about on other episodes where the payment doesn't actually change. So yeah. getting a getting a really low, you know, prime minus 1%, prime minus 1%, like that was almost unheard of before the pandemic. We didn't see discounts that big, you know, that yeah. it's been a while since we've seen discounts like that. So back to Derek's point, the fact that that's locked in and you're getting a prime minus 1% today you're locking in your payment with the static payments locked in at that ultra low payment level. So for these increases, these $61 increases on this, you know, $500,000 mortgage scenario, you don't even see that. That's just be, that's just that interest in principle within the payment adjusting. So, you know, to keep that, that, that budget consistent and not have to worry about it changing is it, you know, there are strategies there where you get the best of both worlds. You get the best of the fixed rate world, and you get the best of the variable rate world where you can ride it through and you can see some pretty significant savings. I think it's important to note that that $61 payment increase you're talking about is, is typically on the high end. We've seen, you know, if you're at a 30 year amortized loan at today's variable rates, that that payment increase could be as low as uh, $48 as well, because it's based on the amortization that yours is a 25 years, this could be 30 years. So it could be a, a lower number to point out in the first place, but well explained in regards to the prime and the bank of canada i find that that's a obviously a scary concept for a lot of people and you know speaking of which uh you know one of the next questions i typically get asked and, and derek i'll throw this your way uh is around the bank of canada and how frequently they meet or could make changes on your well i guess the boc which would impact your variable rate mortgage uh, the bank of canada meets eight times a year and they decide whether or not they want to leave rates as is, increase or decrease. Uh, typically when they make a rate adjustment, it'll be announced uh, that day. And typically within about a week, we'll see all of our actual financial institutions, banks, credit unions, mortgage finance companies uh, follow suit, right? So we typically have about a week's grace period or notice. Um, everyone will get notified. The lenders actually let you know what happened, what has happened to your rate and payment. Um, Touching on that, you know, a lot of people, I get this question constantly. A lot of people actually think that if they take a variable with Scotia Bank at 1.4%, 
and Scotiabank changes their variable rate to 1.6% next week, that their rate is going to increase. So just tying this back to prime, the financial institutions can do whatever they want with their actual interest rates that they're offering to borrowers. That is not going to change your variable rate. The only thing that can change your variable rate is when the Bank of Canada makes an adjustment. I think it's important to talk about the Bank of Canada meetings. Like, yes, when they actually do make the change, you have that about a week grace period. But the forecasting from these meetings, like after a, after a meeting is done, we get a pretty good forecast. So if a rate change is coming, I would say we pretty much know that a prime rate change is coming. I would argue as many as 12 weeks ahead of time because they are forecasting. They are preparing us that this is coming. You know, just perfect example in the last meeting, you know, they bumped up their their expected prime rate change from sometime in 2023 24 up to potentially fourth third fourth quarter of 2022 so we're already now starting to see okay this could come a little bit earlier so we have a lot of time to prepare for this for so for those people that go into the the variable rate mortgage thinking like i'm ultimately going to lock in at some point it, we have a lot of heads up here we have a lot of time to prepare and that's something that we do a really good job with our clients is keeping them informed that, hey, this is coming, this this may be a time to lock in, even though you know it may not be something we recommend, we know people have that appetite to ultimately lock in. So we'll communicate that with them. Yeah, so speaking of which, I mean, Derek, and you know, you did a good explanation overall of the, the BOC and the frequency of meetings. A fear that a lot of people have is that, well, if they meet eight times a year, does that mean that interest rates are going to change uh, in the future eight times or uh, or, or could it go up by 1% or 2%? And Dean, you touched on this right off the hop around the, the actual intervals of increases. And one thing to make really, really, really clear is uh, this isn't your dad's Bank of Canada or your, and no offense to your dad, no matter how old or young he is, or your mom or grandpa or anything of that nature, but uh, things change. Like we have computers on our in our hands. Like there's a lot that can change and money changes just like technology changes in the way that it works. So it's probably ideal that if you're looking at a history of money, especially as it pertains to this type of event where there have been a variety of different changes that have occurred um, in the last 15, 20 years. I mean, we can go through a history another time. Look at the last 10 years, like Dean mentioned right off the hop. Have an understanding as to what's happened. Generally speaking, since you mentioned 2010, the changes have been a quarter point, quarter point, quarter point, quarter point up until COVID, which, you know, obviously they had to get really drastic and reduce rates because of a, a world event, which was completely unpredictable. And that benefited, obviously, variable rate borrowers. But, you know, for those who have a fear of interest rates hopping up or, 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 or changing dramatically, I mean, there was a period of time between September of 2010 and January of 2015 where there was literally zero change, like nothing, not a single change. And then we went down, down. Up, 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 up. But again, it was all quarter points. So it's not a dramatic number. And we have to keep in mind the last 12 years, we have been absolutely spoiled with interest rates, right? Like fixed rates and variable rates of, you know, three, three and a half percent, four percent, and pretty much under for the last 12 years now is not normal, historically speaking. I mean, it could be the new normal, but. Uh, the sensitivity that borrowers have around a quarter point or a half point, you have to really address your own personal budget and ask yourself, if you're that sensitive to a quarter point, maybe you need to make some other adjustments to your budget. Maybe that Netflix account or, you know, the, the da, da, I don't know, DoorDash or whatever those things, maybe you need to take a couple less of those a month because typically, yeah, man, it's not, it's not a quarter percent interest rate that's going to kill your budget. It's going to be all that other stuff. Well, that's a really good point is people do think it could potentially happen eight times in one year. But if you look at that history, 12 years, we've seen only eight increases in 12 years. That's yeah. it. 
Yeah. So we're like Nothing. to your point in 2010 to 2015, not one change in five years. Like this, this happens. This is a, this is a, like a regular trend. We see this trend. It's not, you know, we don't have these 1980 fears of rate spikes. Like government learned their lesson. Like it imploded the market. Real estate is the biggest economic driver of our economy in Canada. This yeah. isn't going to happen. Yeah. 1980 is not going to happen. You can I can guarantee that 1980 is not going to happen or we're in way worse trouble than rates going up. Like we got a lot of, a lot of other major things to worry about here. Yeah. And if anyone's curious about why the bank of Canada makes rate adjustments up or down, it's all tied back to our economy. So the reason that we're in these amazingly low rates right now is because when the pandemic hit and the country shut down, export shut down, everything, employment fell apart. Um, they wanted to, the Bank of Canada and our government wanted to stimulate our economy by dropping interest rates so that it stimulated us, everyone listening to this podcast, to go and buy real estate, right? Invest back into our country and boost the economy. So now we're at a position where uh, our economy has been uh, healing, I guess you could say. It's be, it's, you know, GDP has been increasing, employment's been going back to normal, exports coming back, um, import export, I should say. So for all these reasons, this is why they're talking about rate increases now. They're saying that, you know, our economy is doing much better than they expected at this point. And they're, they're predicting that rate increases could start in Q2 or Q3 um, of 2022. Yeah, we also got to keep in mind these, these thresholds that they're measuring from are from times that were really down in 2020. Like we're talking about employment is up. Well, it's up from a number that was way down. Like we're, you know, as much as it, it, we are showing healing, we are on improvement. We're still not in a good place. Yeah. So the fact so, that I mean, they are predicting 2022, like these, these can change. This could get delayed again. It's very likely. So, I mean, our, our focus today isn't obviously to go fixed versus variable. And we'll do that again in another episode. We're obviously pretty keyed in on, you know, whether or not what you should be looking at and what are the trends right now and whether or not you should lock in. So let's hop into some of the psycholo psychological considerations of literally just taking a variable rate mortgage. And, you know, I, I, I attribute this to obviously multiple conversations that we have and speaking different different people that are out there. But I, I think at the end of the day, for a lot of people, uh, taking a fixed or a variable rate, you know, going into it, you're almost always guaranteed to pay more in a fixed rate, de depending on the day, but generally speaking right now, um, because of either the prepayment penalties or the higher interest cost day one, depending on how you obviously set up your strategy, but you should pay less. You know, at the end of the day, for most people, it's no different than looking at the markets. You know, um, obviously during COVID, a lot of the different stocks and funds and so forth bombed, like they dropped off a cliff and people were freaking out, pulling their money out as much as they could. When a lot of financial planners were saying, no, 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 don't take your money out, let it sit there, buy when it's low and ride the wave. Well, obviously we saw what happened in the following year, uh, all the markets, boom, shot right back up. And, you know, going into right now, there some of them are up dramatically speaking. So those people that rode the wave or, and those people that bought low did quite well. But that comes back down to a different conversation around your risk profile. You know, obviously for some people, like if you can't sleep at night because the cost of borrowing could go up or down on your mortgage, then just go fix. Like if you just can't sleep. But we get that question, Dean, you hit it right off the hop, which is, uh, I want the lowest rate. Well, why do you want the lowest rate? Typically because you want to pay the least amount of interest and typically because you want to pay the least when it comes to your mortgage. So psychologically speaking, if you can kind of make that twist in your mind to remember that it's not about the rate at that time per se, it's about the total cost and all the considerations. 
then you can go variable because you can see a lot of the benefits associated with that. But listen, I mean, if you can't sleep at night, like just take a fixed rate mortgage and 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 look at the different options at that time. Yeah, I mean, for a lot of clients, it's just they they are spending right to the cap of their budget. They're they're to get in the market today, you are spending right to what your maximum approval is. And for some, it's just hey, I just want to know that my payment is X amount for X amount of years, and it's as small as it can ultimately be. And that's just back to this this static payment or this locked in payment approach, like that could just be the win right there. It's not so much about how much interest am I gonna pay over the five years, it's more so just what is my payment per year or per month? I just need it to be as low as possible and you're you're gonna win in that case. And, and again, you're gonna be the one to ride it out because you want that low payment. So in the long term, you're probably gonna win just based on being in the variable and riding it out. Yeah, and I mean, <clears throat> currently in my conversations, you know, if someone's talking about going fixed or variable, when you step back and look at the two, the variable's bright and shiny. It's a beautiful interest rate, 1.3, 1.4%. How would you not take that? But I also don't think people should be going variable because of that interest rate, right? Because you have to go into a variable with the understanding that it's going to go up. And if, again, like Alex said, if that's something that's going to drive you absolutely nuts, maybe it's not the product for you. Maybe you take a shorter term fixed rate. Um, but the main reason, like, and this is my reason for being in a variable, sure, the rates are low right now and sure I have savings right now, but I'm in it for the flexibility. And I think that's what most people who have been in the market for a while, I know it's tough for a first time buyer cause you haven't been through these situations, but people that have been in the market for a while and maybe you've triggered a $30,000 fixed rate payment or penalty, I should say, a lot of those people will never go fixed again, just because they understand the risk that comes with that. Right now, again, there's lots of situations, you know, when we had 1.69 fixed rates, kind of hard to say no to, right? But it's again, it's planning. Maybe a five year fix is not the best plan. Maybe it's a three year if it's your first home, right? So I just think most people going into a variable right now, you should be going into it with the understanding that rates and payments could go up unless you have the static payment. Like we mentioned, there's only a couple lenders that offer that product, by the way. So if you qualify there, it's an awesome, awesome strategy. Uh, but you should really be in the variable for the flexibility more than anything. Historically speaking, I mean, a good example, if, you, if this is your second home, and, and this is what I've heard from a lot of people who are on maybe their second or third mortgage, is that, it, you know, just looking back as recently as 2017, 18, actually, we went through a period of time where there were five rate increases so of a quarter percent. So we went up by one, I believe 1.25. I'm going off memory here, but I believe it was up 1.25 or maybe 1.5 or the better part of a, a year and a half to two years. And a lot of those people rode the the wave. Uh, some people, you know, obviously made a gut decision and locked in at a three and a half or four percent interest rate at the time. But a lot of those people rode the wave, and well, they were blessed with a, a massive drop in total interest and flexibility. Literally a year later, when this COVID pandemic hit, and while we can't predict these events from occurring, we can suggest that this is one of the benefits and advantages because those people ended up winning out big time. Whereas those people that stayed in the, the locked in at the three and a half or three and three quarters. And we've seen, I saw one recently at 3.89, 3.99 uh, rates in that time have to pay a, a substantial penalty to restructure and, and get out of the, the loan now, um, which is huge, right? Like, so, you know, pay attention to things like use the strategy of the locked in payment. So remember, these are a lot of questions you need to ask yourself. And I think what we should do here is we kind of walk through the episode of how do you lock in if you want to lock in? What does that look like is some of the questions to ask yourself. Now, before getting into some of the survey questions that you should consider before making this decision, we want to just explain the lock in process if you wanted to do that. You know, if you're uh, currently with a lender that offers the ability to move into a fixed rate mortgage, which is most lenders, almost every lender, the simple 
process is you contact your lender servicing department directly, ask them to provide you the lock-in offers in writing. So get them to email it to you in writing. That is extremely, extremely important. And then what you need to be doing is you need to be looking to book an appointment with your mortgage broker. You know, if that's us, then work to book an appointment uh, and have a quick conversation. Sometimes it's a five-minute conversation um, and as quick as that as to what you need to do. But that's your, your second step. If you're not with us already, we can look at that for you. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Number one, because a lot of times the lender's not offering a, a good option for locking in. They'll charge you a higher interest rate than you could competitively find. If you're going to go fixed, sometimes it's better to actually refinance to another lender. And that's something we can take care of for you and look at for you at that time, right? That being said, if you sometimes there are competitive offers and at least we can provide you with the comfort of knowing what that looks like. So pretty simple, contact, get it in writing, and then set an appointment to have a discussion. No, it's a good point. Um, start by contacting your your lender, like like Alex mentioned, and and they may come back with with a higher rate than the market is, you know, currently presenting. And and us just having a quick, hey, this is what we can actually get you. A lot of times, the lender will just match it just to retain your business. Yeah, and a, a big part of that conversation after you get that rate quote is really just stepping back and looking at it, right? Because maybe you're in a one point five percent variable now, and they're quoting you two point seven nine. Right, so you really have to take a look at that and say, okay, well, how many Bank of Canada rate increases is it going to take for my 1.5 to match 2.79? And is that realistic? And even if that did happen and you end up at a 2.79 in a variable, you're still in a better position because you're in the variable with the low penalties, right? So there's a lot to it. Yeah, there is. All right, what do you say we get into some of the survey questions to ask yourself if you're even just thinking about going fixed? We'll just uh, bump into it and then we can do a little dialogue. Number one, is there the potential possibility that you could look to refinance midterm? Now, why would you refinance? You would refinance because, well, interest rates have dropped like we have recently. You would refinance because Maybe you've taken on higher interest debt. You bought a house and you had to do a roof or Strata's got some expenses. You bought a car, you had a baby. Uh, man, we see like literally like five to 10 requests a day of different things that people do. There's mostly things that you don't expect. Like nine times out of 10, it's unexpected. Um, well, you're looking to invest in real estate. If you're looking to invest in real estate, like you should always be looking at staying variable for the purpose of having at least access to restructure your portfolio or get access to the equity. Um, those are three simple things right off the bat. So refinancing if you're going to do that then stay where you are yeah really good point and again that goes back to the penalties right if you lock into that fixed and and you want to refinance a year and a half later the penalties could be absolutely massive and it could quite literally handcuff you from doing what you want to do with your house and your mortgage survey question number two dean yeah the the likelihood of you selling over the next you know any time before the term is up probably not a good idea to lock in because you're going to be faced with a penalty in the same scenario where you know you're now breaking your mortgage and a lot of people think well if i go fix i can just port you know the answer is yes but maybe and so just understanding the port portability features how they work you know what the rate is that they're offering you when you port there's a lot of things there that you need to really investigate so you know selling the home would be number two is that is that in your horizon if so i don't recommend locking in same reason number three mr derrick yeah, so we've talked about this a few times on this episode, but if rates went up, could you afford it? Is it manageable? Um, you know, $100,000 per 0.25% increase is going to cost you about 12 bucks a month. 
right? So you just predicting and, and do a worst case scenario. If rates went up by 2%, which is dramatic, if that happened, could you afford your mortgage, right? Is it is it a budgeting issue for you? Um, so that's the big one is just run some numbers, right? Don't focus so much on the rate. Look at affordability. So those, those are the three primary questions that you should ask yourself. Again, we discussed earlier uh, risk. Uh, are you low, medium, high risk in general for your investments? But those are the first three survey questions that every single person should ask before they even step into the idea of going into uh, lock into a variable rate mortgage. Now we have some bonus questions that you should ask, but these are ultimately more strategy based. Um, and once you've kind of discussed where you're at, mentally speaking, or with your significant other, with those first three, they would become the following. So number four, does your mortgage have a static payment? Because if your issue was payments going up and down, well, we've discussed the fact that if you have a frozen payment or a static payment as defined, your payment doesn't change. So there's less of an issue there. Number uh, number five, guys. Number five. Yeah. Can you afford the rate increases? We just touched on that. You know, twelve dollars for every hundred thousand. Yeah, you know, it's based on a quarter point increase. If we do see a one percent increase over the course of the next four years or three years, what have you? Can you afford that? You know, just plug in some really simple numbers. We have a great app for this, great calculator that you can use and just plug in the numbers. What does it look like if this happens? Can I afford it? You know, assuming you're not in the static payment, of course. If you can afford it, I definitely recommend writing it out. Yeah. So those are your top three questions to ask straight away in terms of a survey before locking into a fixed rate mortgage. We've explained the process of locking into a fixed rate, a couple bonus questions to, to lock. Now we've done previous episodes in the past about strategies around it, but I think this serves for a bigger conversation where we'll discuss the fixed versus variable rate and what you should do on the horizon. These are questions that we'll definitely be looking to hit on in the next few months. A lot of clients are getting phone calls from their banks to lock in. So kind of the reverse, hey, I'm thinking of locking in, I'm calling my bank. Well, it's kind of the reverse right now. Banks are calling you to basically tell you to lock in. They're giving you very opposite advice of what we're talking about today. So it's reason being is there, it's a biased opinion. They want you to lock in. They make more money on you locking in. They know there's a bigger penalty. They just know that there's more profit for them. So just again, if you get that phone call or you're thinking about locking in, always run that offer by a broker or us before making the actual signature on the paper. You got it. You got it. Yeah, good point. Thanks for throwing that out there. Hey, listen, if you found value in this episode, do us one favor. Well, hopefully we saved you some money, time, stress, or you learned something. Shoot us that five-star review on iTunes and make sure to send us a DM on Instagram at Thrive Mortgage or uh, at the YVR Remo Show. Share this with friends, guys. We're out here to educate, help, and support. We do this on our own time, Saturday mornings, evenings, weekends, all that kind of stuff. And we love to hear from you guys. So stay tuned. And again, if you want to work with us over at Thrive, go to our website, thrivemortgage.ca, fill out the form, and let's see what we can do for you. Have a good day, guys.